0: Listening to the Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to the Cooler Ring,
1: a podcast for manufacturing marketers, brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you, sir?
2: Everything is great, Jeff, and uh, I'm excited for today's conversation. You know, I think, you know, if you think about it, from the beginnings, really, uh, of Cooler Partners, I think in the the, the first day we launched. Um, we had uh, a cube grenade up on our wall. Cartoon. Uh, well, they called it. A, uh, you know, Hugh called it a cube grenade at the time, but it's a cartoon. Yeah. Um. Uh, that Hugh McLeod uh, drew for us from uh, gapingvoid.com way back in the day, and a, a simple message: people matter, objects don't. And really, what we were, we you know, we've we've kind of hooked on that in a lot of different ways over the life of the for agency. Sure but but basically we've always said you know that, that 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 you know organizations don't buy anything people buy stuff you know marketing fundamentally has to work at the level of people not the level of objects or things or yeah. stuff um, so i i'm i'm excited for today's guest because I, I you know we're really looking at that from a from the angle of actually bringing people into the creative uh, that we're presenting as marketers, as B2B marketers, and the impact that it has. So, yeah, awesome to be uh, in this discussion.
1: No, very, very cool. And nice to be able to bring the, the Cube Grenade into uh, into a podcast episode. Yeah, you know,
2: yeah. like a decade later, uh, <laughs> it's uh, still relevant, so it's good.
1: Well, it's still on the wall here. So, um, so joining us today from Mark 7 is Luke Schoenbeck, who is the marketing director there. Uh, welcome to The Cooler Ring. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Luke, it's
2: so wonderful to have you on the show today. I wonder if you would start off by just maybe uh, telling our listeners a bit more about Mark 7 and your role there.
3: Yeah, uh, sure. So Mark 7 is uh, the North American subsidiary of a company called WashTech, And what we do is manufacture car wash equipment. Uh, we service car washes and we provide car wash chemicals as well. So uh, in car wash equipment, primarily rollovers. So when you go to a convenience store, that's the one you're probably going to see where you park in the bay and it goes back and forth over your car. And we also work in tunnels as well, which are the conveyors where you throw your car into neutral and it pulls you through the tunnel. So as I said, we sell the equipment, service the equipment and provide the chemicals for that uh, as well.
2: So, chances are, if people are listening to this podcast, they've been in something you made.
3: Uh, Yeah, pretty good chance of that. We are, um, uh, as a whole, WashDeck, we're the largest global car wash equipment manufacturer. So, yeah, pretty good chance, whether you're listening to us uh, here in the US, Canada, or over in Europe, even in China, pretty fair chance you've been through a piece of our equipment.
2: And do you have like proprietary technology on that multicolored foam or something? Is that you guys or?
3: Some of that. Yeah. So one, uh, Shine Text is one of our products, which, uh, is a multicolored foam that kind of provides that finishing shine on your car. That is proprietary for uh, for us.
2: Okay. Cool. You know, you always wonder like, yeah, who who decided to make this stuff pink and blue? Like it's kind of cotton candy on your
3: car as you're sitting there. Yeah. I mean, there are a million different brands of that tricolored foam, but yeah. Yeah. But we have our own. That's
1: it's really, you know, I think, that's the sales strategy is dad, dad, take me through the colored car wash. <laughs> yeah. it, my kids have done that many times.
3: Oh yeah, that's it. It's a lot of, a lot of show. <laughs> I, I think I interrupted you there just when you were about to tell us what you do
2: with Mark Seven.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, so, yeah. As marketing director, I'm responsible for all marketing across us and Canada. So that involves a great deal of work on the digital side. We still do some work in traditional uh, in print and um, newsletters and content creation And uh, we have a large number of trade shows we work in as well. So I'm responsible for uh, brand awareness and spreading the message to our major segments, which are auto dealers, convenience stores, and your standard car wash operator. Very cool.
2: And I think when we uh, chatted originally and kind of teed up the recording of this episode... We had talked about this notion of the campaign that you'd brought to life around, and I, I don't want to uh, get it wrong, but uh, so apologize if I do. But I think something around is it, the people that power clean cars and how you've kind of transformed your marketing around the notion of making it about the people at Mark Seven. Did I get that right? And if so, could you begin to take us through it a bit?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're spot on. It's, uh, it features uh, people from our factory who make these clean cars. Ultimately, they. Uh, are responsible for this quality equipment and then therefore ultimately responsible for a customer to car wash getting a clean car and uh, this idea came about back in 2018 i was at a marketing conference and the speaker had done some work uh in the uh, canned beer industry and he he had a client and he uh said they the client's beer was sealed it had a protective layer within the can that sealed in the cold and freshness and he said the, the dirty little secret was every can of beer does that, but no one was telling that story. And that kind of got the wheels turning for me of, you know, every car wash equipment manufacturer has people that make the equipment, obviously, but no one's telling that story. The marketing that I'd seen around our industry was very cut and dry. You throw up a picture of a car getting washed and then a shiny car. Here's the features and benefits. Either you're going to compete on the high quality side or the low cost side and it was really really difficult to stand out because that anyone could tell that message is pretty simple and uh you'd seen it a million times so it was becoming um really difficult to be unique when you're just telling that same story over and over again trying to compete on all the exact same things uh, so i had an idea that you know we're we're made right here in just outside of denver in arvada colorado and we have our headquarter office here and we have our people in the factory right behind our headquarter office who are doing who are amazing people who are doing really great things to make really quality equipment. So let's kind of change the narrative a little bit and talk about these people that ultimately power the clean cars. So that's where the idea came from. And from there, there was a great deal of logistics in putting that together. So if you guys like, I can mean, I can walk through step-by-step step all those little pieces that came together.
2: Yeah, I'd love to get into that. But before that, I, I want to just kind of almost uh, poke holes in a previous argument that I'm sure I've made on this show in the past where because I've talked a lot about the QSP trap and this notion of you know, almost every manufacturer in existence talks about how, you know, when asked what separates them from their competitors, they'll say something like, oh, well, we, we have the best quality and the amazing service delivered by the most awesome people. And it's like I see a sameness because everybody says the same thing. So maybe I'm kind of um, agreeing with you, or maybe I'm disagreeing. I'm not sure. But it seems to me what you've done is More than just kind of pay lip service to that, you've said, we're actually going to make the choice to change the narrative and to change the conversation about this in a meaningful way and highlight people and make it actually more of a strategy rather than just a a talking point.
1: Well, and I I think, too, you know, if you're bringing that to life as part of the campaign, it's a bit different than just paying lip service to the idea of saying that your people are you know, the thing that makes you different from others, they're actually showing it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah, Right. (laughs) All right. Well, I was just trying to disagree with myself or with somebody on the show. I don't think it worked. (laughs) Um, But I guess, uh, Luke, I mean, you must find that in the industry. I mean, there's not a lot of people going to market saying, by the way, our car washes are made by very terrible people that you don't ever want to meet. It's more that you've just decided to more to, to be a more active participant in that actually take it, take the opportunity to tell the story in a unique way. Is that it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like with that beer can example, I mean, every can of beer was sealed the same way and keeping their, you know, an effective way to keep the beer cold, but no one was telling the story. I'm, I absolutely believe all of our competitors have a lot of great people who work at their offices. What well, of course they do, but they weren't telling that story. And that's a really important story to tell that these, these pieces of equipment aren't, aren't just appearing out of thin air. There's, there's really talented people who make these things happen. And we believe ours are some of the most talented, greatest people out there. So it was a great story to tell that uh, people wanted to hear. Well, let's talk about it then.
2: Let's uh, dive into how you've activated that strategy and kind of brought it to life. What were, what were some of the building blocks of it?
3: Yeah, so uh, I worked uh, largely with our, uh, the head of our factory and brought the idea to him one day and said, you know, do you have some people we who would be up for an interview and um, don't mind being on camera and ask, answering a few questions? And he brought me a list of five individuals who he said, you know, these people not only are just great candidates, but they're, they're excited to do it. So, like, yeah, let's uh, let's get them on camera. And uh, we worked with uh, our video and photography partner and uh, I crafted a list of questions. And then we um, interviewed each of these five individuals and each of them did it in maybe two takes. It flowed so naturally because these people are so legitimately uh, excited about what they do and they're excited about the people they work with um, and the most compelling pieces of information I got weren't even necessarily them talking about themselves or their jobs, but they're talking about the people they work with and the community we've created at Mark 7 and uh, how it's such a team atmosphere. That, that was the part that really surprised me and came back around to be the most compelling piece of the entire campaign. And that's why it was, we were able to use it beyond um, you know your, your standard marketing as part, part of almost like a recruiting tool. Um, We pulled the video together, we did photo shoots with each of them, got a great deal of B-roll, just let them kind of go back to their job and just, you know, don't mind us, we'll just be shooting video around you. And uh, from there, it was all about, you know, editing it down to these individual videos of each person. Then we did a a full video featuring everyone together, and that one largely talked about this um, idea that we're a team here at Mark 7. I think video is a great core piece of marketing in 2019 and moving forward. And then once you create that video, it's all about how you disseminate it in the most efficient, effective way. So we were um, we created advertisements featuring these people that always led back to our landing page where you could watch the video, read the story about the person. And from there, it was just uh, hitting the right channels with this campaign, that being social e-newsletters where we have ads in them, um, uh, display advertising, even putting some Google AdWords behind it and hitting all the right channels so that we could really maximize this campaign and uh, get as many eyes on it as possible.
2: And did you also do some of the surrounding your trade show presence with uh, with this as well?
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. We were at the car wash show uh, earlier this year, and we had a massive video wall. And uh, we showed a video of cars going through one of our pieces of tunnel equipment, but every tennis we'd loop in a video from the people campaign. And uh, it really resonated with people because no one else, again, no one else was showing the people from their factory who are making these car washes come to life. But we really wanted to highlight that. And, uh, I mean, externally, it's been fantastic. And internally, um, people are excited to get some recognition and show, you know, um, they do care. We're being featured. We're, we're part of this uh, greater presence in this car wash community. And, you know, someone who's spending their entire day welding um, in our manufacture, in our um, fabrication is now seen all over, and that's a pretty exciting thing.
0: If you're a B2B business, don't let the label distract you from the fact that ultimately you're not selling to companies, you're still selling to people. Understanding who those people are and how best to reach them should be the cornerstone of your digital marketing strategy we've created the B2B Buyer Persona Template to help you combine demographics, psychographics, and firmographics to triangulate your ideal buyers. Download it now at bit.ly slash B2B Template. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash B2B Template.
1: Have you found, uh, I've, I've had an opportunity to do a lot of these kinds of um, photo shoots of people and bringing people to life within uh, you know within campaigns, but usually not in in this full context, but I mean, there's always people like, no, no, I don't, I don't want my photo taken or anything like that. Like, I don't want to be, you know, people are just camera shy, but have you found that since doing that with that initial batch of five, that more people have come forward and want it to be featured?
3: Yeah, that actually has happened. And we are going to do a second round of the people campaign in 2020 and, uh, it'll be more from the factory. And then we're also going to get people out in the field involved as well. Um, that's, uh, as I said, people in the factory are getting excited and appreciated. We have a huge network of service technicians, install technicians, salespeople, chemical technicians uh, across U.S. Canada. And we want to get them involved. And, you know, they're seeing what's happening at the factory. And like, they, hey, they put their hand I'm like, Hey, let's uh, I want to do that, too. So we're really going to make this uh, a widespread campaign that not just shows the factory, but it's going to be um, across all expe- aspects of what Mark 7 does and uh, really kind of bring it full scale next year.
2: I really like that idea of bringing the people that actually are um, uh, service side on customer site into the campaign. I, I guess it just uh, resonates with me. I have a bit of a former life in, um, in, in the utilities sector. And one thing about power companies is uh, most every consumer loves to hate them, but they all have a huge amount of sympathy, empathy, and uh, love for the linesmen or the lines people, I should say. So, um, you know, I, I, it's off. it's been a, a tried and true technique of utilities is to focus on those people to, to try to drive a bit of a human face to something that can seem big and kind of corporate and pow- all-powerful, you know, to a consumer. So um, I, I'm kind of curious to see the impact of um, those customer-facing people um, being well,
1: and that that's, you know, I mean, particularly relevant here, too, because those people are more likely to have interacted in some way, shape or form with the people who are buying the mm. car washes. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, they'll, they'll have potentially even more of a connection with, uh, you know, the, the service uh, folks and the installers and sales team.
3: Yeah, yeah that's that's absolutely true. And I mean, these people out in the field, I mean, they're on call, you know, holidays, weekends, whatever, you know, car wash goes down on a Saturday. That's the biggest day. For the car wash owner. So we got to get that up and running uh, as fast as we can. So it's really important to show how hard these technicians are working out in the field at all hours and going above and beyond all the time.
2: Yeah. And to show that they get that, they get that Saturday is the most important day, yeah. things like that. That would be important. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, because a lot of these channels, of course, be it social or display, or you mentioned paid search, etc. Uh, that you know, you would have been using these channels, I'm assuming, before this campaign, um, just uh, sporting other creatives that perhaps wasn't as people focused. Um, so what have been, uh, what, what's been the change there? Have you seen, you know, increased engagement, increased click throughs, etc.?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, that was uh, so uh, as a marketer, I think. Uh, There's still, there's a certain subset out there is not as interested in those measurables, those ROIs, but everything I want to do, I want to see tangible results. So I was really excited when this idea came through and then we saw those results happening and uh, our engagement increasing rapidly. So, um, for example, we uh, advertise in e-newsletters for several vendors in the car wash industry and we switched the graphics up from previously, you know, we are kind of the standard pictures of our equipment to pictures of people from our factory with the tagline "Get to know us," and um, so that welder again, for example, his name's Cody, and Cody powers clean cars, and a picture, a nice picture of him smiling with his welding helmet on of his head, and it said "Get to know us." And as soon as we launched that in our e-newsletters, our clicks tripled, uh, leading people back to our website, and our conversions then, therefore, also tripled—people filling out contact forms, wanting to get to know us. So just one example that was exceptional and. Um, our, again, in our display advertising, uh, similar results. Um, we we found some really unique information uh, based on the results that if it was someone who had never heard of us, never been to our website before, uh, images of car wash equipment resonated more. But if they were a returning user, those people campaign images uh, basically doubled that traffic, of getting returning users back to our site. So it was the message was fairly clear to me. Is after you know they've heard of Mark Seven. Um, They know what we are. That more emotional appeal is really what can bring people back, knowing that we're not just a machine. There are people here working and working hard, doing a great job, and uh, they're more likely to be interested in hearing those stories.
2: That's a really interesting nugget that our listeners can take from this, I think, Luke, as we just, I mean, both Jeff and I just kind of looked at each other and was like, ah, okay. So kind of what you're saying here is in that early awareness stage, um, we still need to know who Mark 7 is and what it is you do. So we can't kind of uh, we can't, we can't put that behind the curtain too much. We can't bring our people front and center and kind of take the equipment out of it entirely, because of course at that point they don't even know what we do. But then, uh, but once there's been some initial level of awareness built, and we're looking to deepen that engagement and move even more through to evaluation stages of the purchase cycle or what have you then um, doubling down on the people focus is is what makes sense. Is that what you're telling me from the data?
3: Yes, absolutely true. I mean, so we're relatively new to the auto dealer segment. So if you go into, if you go to a convenience store with a car wash or a car wash operator and you say Mark 7, pretty fair chance they'll know who we are. If you go to, to an auto dealer, um, just about a 0% chance that they know who Mark 7 is at this point. As I said, it's a new segment for us. So that was really critical for us in learning about that auto dealer um, segment that you know they need to see the equipment. They need to know what the heck Mark Seven is before they can really tie that emotional appeal to it and say, okay, you know, now you know what the equipment is. So here's why we're great. We have these people who are doing amazing things.
1: Well, in the, I, I remember you mentioning too that the the benefit is a bit different for an auto dealer versus a convenience store or a car wash operator. In, in that, you know, that they're looking to save time and money. Um, and not having to manually wash the cars that come into the dealership for service, whereas the others are making money specifically from the car wash. Is, is that right?
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. They're more about that cost-saving aspect, uh, whereas you know maximizing revenue is what's most important for the convenience stores and the operators. But um, what's beautiful about the People campaign is it really works in all three of our segments. You can tell that great human story really regardless of who you're, uh, segment is because that's something that can hit everybody. You know, we're in B2B marketing, but I think as you guys just said earlier, you're talking to people. So at the end of the day, those emotional appeals work almost no matter who you are.
2: I like that. I, and I, I love this notion of, you know, everybody in convenience stores knows us. I mean, we can probably kind of trade on that brand reputation a bit and almost bring the people very much early on. And anything that we do, whereas over here on the auto dealer side, we need to lead on on the equipment at least a little bit to build yeah. awareness. which is at least I think, an interesting uh, little tactical uh, bit of guidance. And somebody's building this out in their own world. The, the people I'm advertising, do they really know who we are yet, or do I need to establish that before I can kind of come in on this other angle? Uh, Luke, I wonder um, beyond the marketing, uh, as we look at HR and the impacts there. Um, have those been as easy to quantify? I guess my assumption is probably not. Um, I guess, but 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 what signs are you seeing there that this is having an impact that cascades beyond marketing?
3: Yes. Yeah, so from the human resources perspective, from a recruitment perspective, we haven't uh, really tried to quantify that piece, but we have. Uh, so we have a careers page, and we feature our uh, this people campaign story on it. So. It's a nice piece that when I've looked at the uh, other, our competitors' careers pages, they don't have that there. So, as I said, we haven't quantified it yet, but it, it's certainly an upside if you look at our careers page versus the competitors that, like, okay, they seem to care about their employees. So, I like having that touch. Um, from the morale standpoint, the people who, um, who are already a part of the company, as I said, it's, it's been huge knowing that they're appreciated once we get them in the door that, see, look at all this effort we put into showing how great you guys are. So uh, not quantified yet, at least on the recruiting side, but certainly seeing the impact of it on the people who are uh, here at the factory.
2: Yeah, and and certainly the team cohesiveness side of it would be something something that you'd feel more qualitatively, I would think. Have you uh, considered integrating salespeople at all into this campaign?
3: Yeah, that's another piece uh, that I think I'm hoping we'll do. uh, That'll be a piece of it next year. So I really want to feature those, as I said, as I said um, install, uh, service, chemical, but the salespeople who are, in most ways, the face of the company, I mean, sales and service, they're the ones out there, boots on the ground, talking to people. So I'd love to include one of our um, sales team members in the 2020 campaign as well.
1: From the sales perspective, and not so much about including them in, in the campaign, but more from their impression of the of the campaigns and the kinds of leads that it's brought into mark seven what what's been their feedback about um about the leads that you and your team in the marketing department have brought them
3: uh, a lot of excitement i would say you know they uh they were as surprised as uh everyone else was like hey we've never seen this angle before this is different and uh anything that makes their life easier that just gets us more attention the brand awareness the lead gen they get really excited about So the leads Ah, uh, they start seeing an uptick in those uh, cold leads, sales, uh coming into our website that they uh, weren't getting before. They get really excited about that, as you know, any sales salesperson would.
2: It's interesting, Luke. I, I um, I, I, I like talking to marketers who are just kind of coming off of a, you know, this was an idea that you had, a, you know, a year or so ago, and you know, had to take some time to get buy-in, and then you know and and implementing is a bit like believing in religion here a bit you know you had to believe that um focusing on people was going was was going to have that engagement impact you didn't couldn't kind of prove that in advance um so i like that we're talking after i mean whether it's been a home run or a stand up triple i'm not sure which but you know it seems like it's done fairly well so far Um, so I'm curious if you had to do it all over again, if you were talking to yourself a year ago, is there anything you do differently? Do you think you did anything wrong in this first year that you maybe could have gotten a little bit more results? Had you had to tweak something else?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I sometimes (laughs) get a little, little excited and run before walking. So, uh, we probably could have tightened up the process a little bit. I mean, it was all new for us. But um, going in, we probably could have saved some time. We uh, uh, we did a professional photo shoot along with the videography. And, you know, some of those pieces ended up being a little redundant. We didn't need everything we put together. You know, you, you pay for everything regardless of if you use it or not. Um, so taking a step back and saying, like, okay, what of this will be the most effective pieces for us? What could we uh, maybe save a little bit of that budget on between uh, uh, photography and uh, some of the other smaller details we put into place? And uh, maybe been a little more agile with it. But Uh, I get excited when um, there's a big idea that I think will have a big impact, and uh, I'm (laughs) occasionally to the own detriment, I have a lot of uh, leeway, and I can uh, just kind of run with a lot of projects, and uh, you learn as you go sometimes, and as I said, this is our first try at it, so there certainly were areas where we could have been more efficient in it, but, you know, it's the first time, so you'll learn, and then in 2020 when we do it again, we'll have those processes tightened up.
2: Yeah that's uh I, I really appreciate that answer. I think that uh, there was a there was a lot of honesty in that <laughs> answer. Uh, and I but you know I could kind of I, I see a little bit of myself in that. Like you know like yeah sometimes uh, you sacrifice a little bit of precision and efficiency for speed sometimes and uh I don't know I think that was probably a pretty good trade-off if I had to if I had to look at it from a kind of third party outside looking in,
1: well, could... especially if you're tripling conversion and you know, Oh crap, we spent a few thousand extra on photography and video, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it'll be all right in the end. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think there are too many marketers out there who want uh, uh, too much of a perfectionist. You know, I think if you get a project 90 to 95% of the way to where you want, you'll launch you go because waiting for that extra 5%, if you lose two or three months, That's going to hurt your bottom line in the end. Really, you're going to uh, lose a lot of potential uh, leads, which, um, you know, the longer you take to get them into your sales funnel, the longer you take to get that revenue back in the end. So if you get it close, you're probably good enough to launch and then you can put it from there and learn from what you're doing.
2: And there seems to be a compounding effect that happens with those two or three month delays that happen time and time again on project after project. And then before you know it, as an organization, it feels like you're a decade behind everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. A decade behind probably came two or three months at a time. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. If it happens over and over again, you, waste it, you can waste a year, you know?
2: Well, this has been a great chat, Luke. I wonder... Um, we had any kind of parting advice for our uh, listeners as we kind of wrap up here or uh, and if not i'd be curious just as you look to 2020 and beyond what kind of has you excited as you look beyond the uh the people campaign
3: parting advice i would uh say don't be afraid to try something that hasn't been done before because uh you know, you'll learn from it whether it's a success or a failure. So yeah, we wanted to show off the people in, that, in our factory and that hadn't been done and it was a great success for us, but uh, I was willing to roll the dice on that one. And I think it's really important that uh, as marketers, we try different angles because uh, we can learn from each other and really really grow a lot when we do those things. And then for 2020, I'm excited about where video is headed and um, pieces of virtual reality and all these other things that are becoming really uh, more robust and finding ways to use them as marketers and that ROI and just do unique things that attract the, uh, our audience. And um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun exploring those areas.
2: I think we're still seeing some uh, interesting explorations there. We had a, um, uh, exploring a case study in ABM uh, the other day um, where, where somebody had used an augmented reality app to show you know, what was an innovative product in this a, in a space, uh, to show it in situ in client environments and just how that helped drive and just ridiculous ROI on a display campaign at a time when you know a lot of people think you know, you know digital display is almost dead
1: right should be noted too that that was in convenience stores as a customer yeah <laughs> if yeah. I recall correctly yeah that's true yeah um
2: yeah so uh I think you're right to be excited about that I think we still have a lot more it's funny because we've been talking about video and things like it to be the next big thing for the last 10 years but Um, I think there's still a lot for us to learn as marketers of
1: how we can uh, get the most out of it. I think we just need more opportunities to put multicolored foam on stuff.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, people get excited about that. It's a a unique little thing in our industry, but it's fun.
2: (laughs) Have you considered a multicolored foam strategy?
3: (laughs) I'm not sure what other industries we can bring that to, but it works for us in car wash. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know it, uh, I, I think there's probably something to be learned there too you know uh, somebody, somebody listening to this podcast can be like hmm not multicolor foam but but yeah, multi- yeah that's messy yeah. in a lot of other industries
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah Luke thanks so much for sharing your expertise and insights on The Cooler Ring today it's been a pleasure
3: oh thank you guys it was, uh, it was a lot of fun thank you
0: thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K U L A Partners.com slash the cooler ring.